Well, hello and good morning, Liberty Church. Well, as you can might tell, I'm not Pastor Keith this morning, <laughs> but my name is Ian. I'm super excited, uh, humbled, honored, blessed to be uh, here this morning to bring the word. Uh, and I'd like to go ahead and just, uh, on the front end, just thank Pastor Keith for the opportunity to come and, and uh, preach really his message. <laughs> That's pretty cool that he allows me to do that, uh, so I'm thankful. If it's your first time, uh, no matter what happens today, come back next week, hear Pastor Keith. Uh, he's going to do a great job of, of wrapping this series up and tying it and putting a big old bow on it. Uh, he, he just, we just truly have uh, uh, the world's best pastor. Amen. So uh, if it's your first time, I just encourage you, come back next week uh, to see, see him too. Um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, welcome our online audience too via our Facebook video. Um, we're glad you're here. If you're here, like us, love us, share us. Uh, it's cool, all the things we can do nowadays. <laughs> the internet's an amazing place. Uh, you know, I'd like to encourage us too. You know, the, the title of our message is hashtag you can soar. And maybe this week as a church, let's hop online. Well, if you're fasting, don't hop online. You didn't get the pastor's permission to hop online and break your fast. <laughs> if you're fasting from not being on there. But let's just share something maybe God's doing through you through this fast, and maybe let's share it on the page and just hashtag you can soar. Let's just break the internet with you can soar, amen? I think that'd be cool. Let's get on there and do that. Uh, but I'm excited to bring uh, the, the third part uh, of this series this morning of hashtag you can soar. Uh, and so I was studying this week uh, and just diving in uh, and studying some words, and I was uh, looking into the word soar. Uh, I've always known what it meant, but I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me something pretty cool I wanted to share with us this morning. So according to Webster, this is sore defined. Uh, it says to rise or increase dramatically as in position, value, or price. It is to ascend to a higher or more exalted level. And last, this is my favorite, to rise to a majestic stature. I think that's awesome. That fires me up. Does that fire you up? Hey Amen. If you're fired up, tell your neighbor. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them and confess too and say, you can soar. Amen. That is awesome. To rise to a majestic stature. God wants to take us to new heights, new levels, new places in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I mean, I hope y'all have been enjoying this sore book and, and this fast. We've been confessing this is the funnest fast yet, right? <laughs> it's been our confession. Uh, the sore book's been great. If you haven't got it, you have one more opportunity to get it today. My beautiful wife, Miss Jessica, will be selling them out in the foyer after service. Uh, there's some left, so if you haven't got one, get one. Uh, but we really said the purpose of this fast uh, in this sermon series is to do three things. To reconnect us refine us, and refocus us, right? To reconnect our hearts to God's, to reconnect our minds to God's, uh, and to refine our hearts. Refine means to make more pure, to pull out the impurities. You know, we all still have sin. I'll be the first to admit it. It says uh, all have fallen short of the glory of God and sinned, right? So we need to refine our hearts as he's drawn out the impurities, 
Uh, and we need to refocus, guys. This is one of the biggest things. We live in the greatest country in the world, but we are busy, 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 distracted people. <laughs> God wants to do nothing more than to refocus us and remind us of what's truly important. Amen? So we said those were the three things uh, that this, this store book's designed to help us reinvigorate our hearts to do those things. Uh, and as we fast and, and we're cutting off this thing we call flesh <laughs> to make it obedient to him. So let's look at our foundational scripture that we've been using uh, for the last couple weeks. It's out of Isaiah 40, uh, 28 through verse 31. It says, have you never heard, have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak nor weary. Uh, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will, there's part of our title, let's say it together, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for your word. So soar, the book, the devotional book that we're doing, uh, is designed to help us put our trust in the Lord and develop a daily discipline that will invigorate our hearts and minds, strengthen our spirits, and empower us to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. Does anyone want to soar this year? Yes, Amen. That's what this book is helped, uh, designed to help us do. But in order for us to first soar, we have to first trust in God. If we want to soar, we have to first begin to trust in him again. Because sometimes don't we just begin to kind of trust in ourselves and trust in our own abilities and we can get distracted and we begin to forget who our trust is supposed to lie with. Amen? So, and the more we know God, the more we'll begin to trust him. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. Right? So, this is designed to help us trust him more, and, and to trust him more, we need to know him more. So how do we begin to know him more? Through his word, right? This is how we find out who our God is. You won't trust him if you don't know him, and you won't know him if you don't read this. Amen? So we learn who God is through his word and through our daily discipline, our quiet time, which the sword book is, is designed to do to, to, um, to, to cultivate a quiet time for us. Okay, uh, and the lasting change that we desire comes from daily discipline. If I asked y'all what y'all are wanting to change, or if something you're wanting to change, everyone in here would raise their hand. We all have stuff about us we don't like. So we desire change and lasting change, but in order to, 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 to accomplish the change, it's going to take daily discipline. It's like working out. Maybe some of y'all want to change and get back in shape. I'm making it a confession. I, I'm back at it. I took like six months off, and... One day I was in the mirror, I was just like, man, you need to get back at it. <laughs> so I'm getting back at it. But you know what? But you don't get in shape overnight. It takes daily discipline, right? It's the same with walking with God. Now, well, he can save you overnight. He can save you in a moment. Amen. But once you're saved, walking this thing of faith out takes daily discipline. There's, there's uh, muscles, uh, faith muscles we have to actually work out. Through, through daily discipline, through our quiet time, through devotionals and 
uh, whatever you're, you're feeding into your spirit, we're responsible for our growth, amen? So we need to call to uh, a daily discipline so he can reshape our hearts so that we can soar. We said that our, our heart condition determines whether or not we're going to rise and soar or we're going to crash and burn, <laughs> right? Our, the condition of our heart is going to determine those things. God wants to change your heart and literally make it his. He wants your heart to break for him. Uh, his heart breaks for you. Uh, and to truly change the world and to change ourselves, we, we need him to, to come in and fill our hearts. Amen? So this is what SOAR, the book, Devotional SOAR, is designed to help us do. So we said there's, go ahead, and, uh, the seven steps to personal growth of spiritual significance, right? If you've been doing the devotional, uh, you've been going through these steps every day, I hope, and I hope you've been growing. Uh, and before we get in and recap the steps, I just wanted to kind of to touch base on, on personal growth and spiritual significance for a second because they're directly related. If you desire to have any sort of spiritual significance, spiritual significance uh, in your family, any husbands that uh, you want your wives to, to love you and respect you and, and your children to look up to you and respect you and want to be like you uh, and to have that spiritual significance where you can speak truth into their lives or, or, or ladies, if you want to be that, just that godly woman in the house uh, that uh, just demands respect uh, from her children and her husband uh, and you desire that spiritual significance, we have to personally grow first. They're directly related. We can't just jump <laughs> and become spiritually significant if we're not working on our personal growth. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So they are directly uh, related. Uh, you'll never be spiritually significant until you grow personally. God is a God of order. He's not going to bless your mess. He's a God of order. You know, the, we have four key areas in your book that, we're, that we look at every day. You know, the spiritual, uh, the personal, financial, relational uh, key areas of your life. We need to be, as believers, living in victory in those four key areas to walk in, to have spiritual significance. So that's the starting point, okay? If you desire spiritual significance, get victory in these first four areas first. Amen? So uh, we, can't, uh, and we can't help God change others until we allow God to change us. When we allow God to change us personally, God allows us to have spiritual significance. Isn't it funny how we'll hear something or see something like, man, you got somebody's uh, face in your mind. That was for them, man. Oh, I hope they heard that. Man, that was a great word, Lord. Give it to them. And really, God's probably like, man, that's for you. That's for you, man. Hey, Amen. That, that's, that's allow God, you know, to be a minister of the gospel, you have to, to, to help other people. And push them towards truth. But we can't ever get to a place where we're not ever grow, growing ourselves. Amen. We have to constantly be growing. Amen. So let's look at that first step that we've, uh, we've, we've been talking about. Step one is good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's say it together. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Personal growth, is spiritual, uh, personal growth and spiritual significance begins, ends, and is sustained through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is the key that unlocks everything. Here at Liberty Church, I feel like we beat this like a dead dog. <laughs> we love the Holy Spirit here. We acknowledge him in everything, and we know that apart from him, we can't accomplish anything. Well, anything for his good. 
There are, there are evil, successful people out in the world that have everything the world has to offer. But you know what? They ain't got the best God's got to offer. Amen? So we know this here. And he, he's literally the key that's going to unlock everything in your life. You know, heaven comes to earth through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, we live in a dark, broken, hurting place that needs nothing more than some more heaven in it. You know how we do it? By the Holy Spirit, through our lives, through me, through you, through our words. Uh, you know, so it's vital that we stay connected with him all day. And, you know, a good morning Holy Spirit is great. Start your day with it. But I always like to say it doesn't end there. You know, uh, the days can be kind of tough. So when lunchtime comes, say, good afternoon, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, uh, and then when dinner time comes, good dinner, Holy Spirit. And then when it's time to go to bed, good night, Holy Spirit. Because you could wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Ten minutes later, you could be rising up in your flesh already. Or is that just me? So we, we got to cultivate that on our own. It's got to be a daily thing. The Holy Spirit is literally the key that unlocks everything that God wants to do in our lives. Step two, we said uh, daily confessions. Your words have power. They are spiritual containers that create life or death. What you say will determine what you get since your words are the seeds of today that produce the fruit of your tomorrow. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its, of its fruit. You and I have the power, the power to speak life. Let's speak life. <laughs> Let's speak life. You know how we're going to speak life? Only through the Holy Spirit. You know, and I feel like, you know, in the world, a lot of us maybe don't struggle with speaking life to others, man. I feel like we do a great job of, isn't it easier to see like the good things God's doing in other people's lives sometimes? And it's so easy to encourage other people and just like, God's going to bless you. I, I believe in with you. But then when it comes to our own lives, a lot of times, we shortchange God. And, and we speak death over our own lives. You know, now there are people out there that are pretty mean and will say some things. But I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me that most of us are dealing with that. We don't, have, we don't struggle with speaking life to others. He wants us to start speaking life over ourselves. Because we're killing God's dream before it even gets started half the time. <laughs> you know, God has a big dream for your life. God has a big dream for your life. You know, we need to confess what we want and where we're going, not where we are, uh, you know, and what we don't have. I said, we need to confess what you want and where you're going, not what you have and where you're at. Hebrews 11, thir uh, 3, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's kind of a tongue twister, but let me, let me uh, give you the, 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 the Ian version. We need to say what we want. Praise God didn't say what he saw in the beginning as the Spirit of God hovered over the, the, the dark abyss and the waters of the, of the, of the world not, not fully formed yet. Praise God he didn't say, man, this is a dark, barren, cold, formless place. 
Praise God, God said what he wanted, and he said, let there be. Let there be. We need to use our, we need to make a confession of our words over ourselves. God, what I'm seeing is not your plan. And I don't know where you're at. Usually where we're at is because of decisions and choices that we've made. That's not the final destination. Amen. Amen. We need to begin to confess where God's taken us. Uh, and don't feel guilty about having desires in your heart. The word says that he who uh, delights in the Lord, God will give the desires of your heart. Amen. Praise God didn't say what, didn't say what he saw. Praise God said what he wanted. Step three, meditation. Uh, what you think about and how you think will determine whether or not you will mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. Let me say that again. What you think about and how you think will determine whether or not you will mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. We are currently living at the level of our thinking. So if we think we're not good enough, you won't be. If you think you don't have what it takes, you won't. If you think you lack all the resources, you probably do. We currently live at the level of our thinking. You know, we need to stop living in fears and start living our dreams. We're too caught up in living in our fears or not living our dreams. We're not living the dreams that God has for us. You know, when we learn, when we learn God's dream for us by, by meditating on his word. And you know, I know he has dreams in a plane for you. You know how I know this? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says so. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Plans not to harm you, but to prosper you. That's my life verse. And I can remember the first time I ever read that. That is literally the first time God's word actually jumped off the page, leapt into my heart, and spoke to me. I had no idea it was like, you know, a very common scripture that's all over coffee mugs and picture frames. And I was just a no good, well, I was saved, but I was still a sinner. I was just starting out. And when I read that, I grabbed hold of that because I needed a plan and a, a hope and a future and a, a vision for my life. And praise God, he's true to his word. <laughs> did, did he have a plan? Oh, did he? Let's look at Joshua 1.8. Uh, study this book uh, of instruction continually. Meditate. Let's say that together. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So meditation is important. I'm talking about us killing God's dream before it gets started because we're caught up in fears and distractions and the things, the resources we don't have. And God says, if you meditate on my word day and night, 
You'll succeed in all you do and your God will be with you. If you meditate on my word, the God of heaven, the God of creation, the God that said, let there be is with you and me wherever we go. And if we meditate on his word, it says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. We, we don't lack, we lack nothing. <laughs> Amen? So meditation is very important. Uh, it's important so we can digest the word of God. Sometimes less is more. Pastor Keith did a great job of, of illustrating the, as he was studying out the word meditate uh, and what that meant, the root word. Uh, and when you meditate, truly meditate on the word of God is, is like a cow does as he grazes the grass. You know, he chews the grass and chews it and chews it. And then he actually swallows it and then he regurgitates it. Yeah, I know, bear with me. And chews it some more. It's called the cud, I guess. Anyway, but what is that cow doing? He is literally sucking every ounce of energy, nutrient from the grass. Every bit of nutrients he can get. What if we did that with the word of God? One scripture at a time. What would be some powerful Christians? You know, sometimes less is more. And I totally agree with Pastor Keith. He said he'd rather have us just read one scripture and meditate on that thing. Suck all the nutrients out of that thing. As opposed to reading, you know, a whole chapter and not knowing really what's going on. Amen. So let's be meditators of the word. Amen. It's vital. It's important. You know, and it's important that we digest the word of God. <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit gave you this as I did the first service. I wasn't planning on doing this, but to totally digest the word of God. You know, it, it has to go in, but it has to come out too. <laughs> but if we truly digest the word of God, it'll come back out in power. It'll come back out through our lives, through our words, through our actions, through our family. So truly digest the word. Amen? So our first new step for today. We're going to be looking at application. And guys, this is the funnest step. Because this is where we get to stop just talking about it, thinking about it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, Lord, that sounds awesome. Yeah, this is where we actually have to <laughs> get stepping, march into the beat of God, <laughs> and move. This is where we get to move uh, for God. Amen. And I know this is also the, a scary step because this is where your faith actually becomes real or not. This is where your faith is, uh, where you're saying what you're believing, are you showing it through your actions? The application of the word of God. Really the only thing that matters, it's really the only thing that matters uh, is if we are applying uh, the word of God to our lives. Uh, the word of God, so let's look at step four application. The word of God will work if we work it. Only through obedience to the word, if we experience the fullness of God, or if we experience, I'm sorry. The word of God will work if we work it. Only through obedience to the word do we experience the fullness that God has for us. This is where our faith has to become action. 
James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also your faith is dead without good works. So the word of God said, your faith is just as dead if you don't apply it as it is a body without breath. I don't know about you, but I need to breathe, <laughs> to live. So guys, our good intentions can no longer be good enough. The, yeah, God, that's awesome, man. That's, that's amazing revelation. Lord, I love you. But I'm not ready to do that. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Or I'm going to wait till Monday because it's the start of the week to begin applying that. The good intentions can no longer be good enough. You know, and we mean well. I believe we truly do in our hearts. God, I will get to it. And praise God for his mercy and grace that sustains us. But man, God's a king, right? And I think in America, we kind of struggle with what a king is and what it looks like and the kingship of a king. We have a president here. Back in the day, what the king said was it. When the king declared a decree, that was it. We serve the king of kings. When God speaks to your heart, that's got to be it, guys. Now, I think I've heard it said the highway to hell is paved on. I believe that to be true. What? I did that for a long time. I believe my heart towards getting saved, towards believing God is who he is. I was like, I'm just not ready yet. I'm not ready to give it to you yet, God. I just kept running. God wants us to be all in so he can show us the fullness he has for us. He has a fullness for us. He has a vision, plans, future, and a hope for you bigger than you can believe. Bigger than you can believe. <clears throat> James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. So it's simple. We have to be doers of the word. Not just hearers, not just attenders. <laughs> it's not enough just to come to church on Sunday and listen to Pastor Keith preach an amazing message, which he does every week. It's not enough to just come and sit and listen to it and get fired up and go out the doors and stay the same. Amen. Or watch whoever you like to watch online. I love Pastor Stephen Furtick. You know, watch him and just get fired up and go and do nothing. <laughs> or sit in your quiet time and, and hear the words speak of forgiveness. Maybe in your quiet time, someone he shows you need to forgive and just being like, you know, forgiving them before the Lord, but maybe he's telling you to go forgive that person in real, per in real life and we just sit on it. Forgive us, Lord. Our good intentions can't be enough no more. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. Don't just read God's word. Don't just sit and listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. What if we really think we're right with God because we come to church and, and we're in ministry uh, and we're even ministering to other people and speaking life? But what if we're, we're really fooling ourselves and we're... we're on the wrong path here. 
because we're not applying his word to our lives. Did it it or not say you are fooling yourselves? It's simple, guys. We have to be doers of the word. And and it's not just for our benefit, it's for the world's benefit. (laughs) I said when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we literally bring heaven to earth, right? So God wants to not only benefit you and change you and mold you and, and sculpt you into who he truly wants you to be, he wants to help use you to help change your family, to help change the people you're around all the time, to help change your workplace. God has a bigger vision than just for your life. It's amazing. God knows where each and every one of us all are in a season of life right now. <laughs> he knows exactly where I am. He knows exactly where John Wesley is. He knows exactly where Don is. He's the same God. The same God. So let's look at that next point. This step will give us practical application to our daily scripture, but don't stop there. God will show you specific areas in your life where God... God shows you specific areas in your life uh, where his word needs to be obeyed and applied, uh, where you are, what you are going to do in light of what God has shown you. So we always get to choose. We can accept his word and begin implementing into our lives, or we can reject it. We always get to choose, though, right? Since today, choose between life or death, blessings and curses, right? It's bad. Sorry about that. Uh, So let's choose to accept his word by doing his word. Generally, you're in agreement with someone when you begin to uh, live the way they do. Right? Like when me and my wife, before we were officially married and uh, living together, you know, life was a little different. But once we got married and started living together, we had to really come in an agreement on some things. (laughs) Because we accept each other. And so we'll change our lives according to the other person because we love each other. So don't we need to do this with God? If we truly love him, let's choose to accept him by doing his word. By living the way he lived. Right? We're the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. Man, I know that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Yes, you are the bride of Christ. (laughs) So let's choose to accept his word by doing his word. Let's look at uh, step five, our last step for today. Prioritize. We need to prioritize our lives. Priorities matter. Only when do we... uh, only when we do uh, things first, first things first, can we accomplish the things that matter most and become the people that God has called us to be. So Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We have to make God and his word number one priority uh, in our lives. When we, when we do this, when we make him him and his word, number one in our lives, it demonstrates our trust in him. 
Because, you know, it takes a lot of faith to, in the morning, right, early in the morning, uh, before you get up and take care of your kids and your dogs and uh, make breakfast and shave and shower and brush your teeth and get ready uh, and get ready for work. You know, if you sit at the feet of Jesus uh, and read his word and pray and talk to God and listen to God before you do all those things, that means you've demonstrated your trust in the Lord. That means you've seek the kingdom first. Because I get it, we live hectic lives, but if we seek him first, before we do all those things, we've made him a priority. Amen. And when we prioritize him first, he gives us vision, uh, wisdom, and supernatural energy to accomplish all the things on our schedule. You know, we're busy people. I get it, we live by schedules. Our schedule stays full all the time. Jessica's in charge of that. If someone comes and asks me, can we do something? I say, I got to get with my wife and look at the schedule. But you know what? Just because it's on your schedule doesn't mean it's a priority. You know what? Actually, half the time it's backwards. All the stuff on our schedule is all stuff that doesn't really matter. Birthday parties and other parties and football parties and shopping with the girls or shopping with the guys or bowling with so-and-so. I mean, that stuff matters, but does it really matter? You know, time is like money. If you don't budget your time, it'll just go. You got to tell your time where to go. You know, and some of y'all are actually prioritizing God. He's not on your schedule, but you've been faithfully doing your quiet time. And you've been doing it and doing it. And that's awesome. But you know what? There, I believe there's some people in here that God's saying he wants you to prioritize his time enough to put it on your schedule. To actually put it on your schedule. Because if you don't, you won't do it. Just because it's on your schedule doesn't mean it's truly a priority. If we're not careful, we're going to jam-pack our schedules full of stuff. And we'll struggle to prioritize 10 minutes with God. He's worked 10 minutes. If we literally did one, one scripture a day and meditated on it, that's 10 minutes, right? You got to start somewhere. Less is more sometimes. Guys. So let's look at that last point. I'm trying to wrap this up. Identify your top three priorities for today. What are the three things you could accomplish today that would make the biggest impact and move you closer to what God has for your life. So if you've been doing the book, you know, you do this every day. Can I share my three with you for today? I feel like as I've been doing this, I feel like God hasn't given me different ones for each day. I feel like he's given me three core things that I need to work on and change and implement in my life. I think part of that's because of the season that me and Jessica are about to step into with planting a church. Uh, and, and being pastors, what that means. And so my, my, my main three, I, f I feel like God has just kind of given me a theme with these three things. And if I do these three things, everything else will just work out for his good. So the first one is walk in love. Imagine that. Holy Spirit said, you need to walk in love. No matter what the circumstance, all the, any situation, every situation, if you walk in love, 
I'll be blessed. Uh, and God will show up and show out. Uh, be glorified. Amen. Number two, speak in truth. No matter what the situation is, if I walk in love and speak in truth, God wins. And you know, speaking truth can be tough sometimes. Because that means I might actually have to offend somebody. We live in a world where you can't offend nobody anymore. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And if you minister truth to somebody in love, they'll accept it. And the third one is be confident in who God has called you to be. Now, I want to walk in a confidence that only comes from the Lord. And to remember, remember who, he, who he said I am, who Ian is, uh, the plans that he has for Ian, uh, the people he wants to affect through Ian, the family that I'm responsible for. You know, in a cool, confident way, no matter what's going on, no matter what storms are going on, to just have enough faith and confidence to be like, to look at my wife and just be like, it's going to be okay. And for her to, to, to believe me. You know, and I used to think somebody who was confident was like being prideful in a way. You know, pride and confidence are two different things. You know, your confidence will draw people onto you. People will be drawn to you by your confidence. They'll want to get behind you and, and allow you to lead them. If you're prideful, they won't want nothing to do with you. I believe that was a lie from the enemy that he had made me believe. Uh, you know, somebody who was maybe walking confidently, I thought they were walking in a prideful way, and that's not the case. So that, I want to be confident. So if I can do these three things today, every day, if I can do these three things every day, I can make an impact and move closer to where God has So what are your three things today? I hope you all been doing the devotional. As you're sitting there, are you like me? You just have three things maybe that you've had through the fast that God's shown you? Or are they changing every day? I'm getting ready to go ahead and close. So I'm going to ask us as a church, just go ahead, just bow your heads, close your eyes, get alone with the Lord. Uh, and ask him, maybe you already know what they are. God, what are the three things that you want me to change, to implement in my life? If you know what they are, I'm going to ask you to do something real easy and simple. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. You have hands going up. If you know what they are, just keep your hand raised. I want to come in agreement with you, and here in a moment, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Uh, as you lift those three things to the Lord, and those are, you're surrendering those things to the Lord. You're not surrendering them to me or anyone beside you. Those are between you and God. Hallelujah, their hands up. We have an alive church this morning. We need to walk by uh, faith and not by sight. Y'all have demonstrated your faith by lifting your hands. So I'm gonna go ahead and just pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just thank you. God, for each and every person in the sanctuary. God, members of your church, God, I don't know them all, but I know that you do. God, I know that you know their names and you have a plan and purpose for them. God, and I come in agreement with them as they've surrendered these three things to you, Lord. God, as they release them, 
by faith. God, they're going to begin to trust you in these things. They're going to begin to seek you in these things. They're going to begin to seek your wisdom and counsel of other godly members of this church on how to attack uh, these things and accomplish these goals that I believe you've set before them. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come like a rushing river. God, flood the world with your spirit into your believers' hearts to empower them to walk this out. In Jesus' name. I have one more thing I want to do before I close. I don't ever want to preach a message without giving the opportunity for someone to surrender their heart to God. And I know this is kind of a practical message. Maybe it's your first time you, you're, you're like, dude, Pastor Ian, you're talking about this crazy sore book and these steps. and I just want to surrender my heart to God. I'm sick of fighting. I just want to surrender and wave my white flag. I'm done fighting. And I want to surrender my heart today to Jesus so that my life can truly begin to change. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. Every, every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to give you a few seconds. If you want to surrender your heart to God today, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are. God, you're the God above. You're in charge. Lord, and I ask you just to seal the work that's been done this morning, God, as we've dove in together as a church. God, I believe you're challenging us to, to truly step out in faith. God, I, I pray that we've, we're in the middle of this fast. God, and I pray that we are going to be strong finishers. God, this time next week, we're going to be finishing strong uh, this fast. God, but I don't believe that for some people, this is going to be over. God, I believe you're going to call us even deeper, Lord. Even deeper. God, so we love you. We thank you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give them a round of applause. Hallelujah.